This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today's focus is cardiovascular disease prevention because uh, still we need to keep in mind uh, in these days of uh, COVID and monkeypox and murder hornets uh, that the leading cause of death in the United States remains cardiovascular disease. And we're going to talk cardiovascular health because there are a multitude of supplements that may be at the service of your heart and blood vessels. Uh, that's the theme of an article that you can find at drhoffman.com by today's guest. He's a frequent contributor. He's Dr. Neil Levin. He's Senior Nutrition Education Manager and a product formulator for Now Foods, also makers of Protocol for a Life Balance, one of my favorite brands because they make quality supplements and they offer them at reasonable prices. He's an award-winning board-certified clinical nutritionist. He's founder and an officer of the American Nutrition Association, of which uh, I'm a member. And we're thankful for his uh, leadership in that organization's inception. And he's a director of the Mid-American Health Organization. He serves on the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. And he is primarily an educator. Uh, he goes hither and thither and yon, talking to health professionals and also the lay public about matters related to nutrition and supplements. So without further ado, here's Neil Levin. Neil, it's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm glad to be back with you. Thanks. Indeed. Yeah, we always have great uh, discussions. So uh, when it comes to uh, cardiovascular health, uh, there, there are quite a variety of uh, options. So perhaps uh, you can walk us through uh, some of what you believe to be the most important options for cardiovascular health. Uh, there's a number of things that we need for heart health and cardiovascular health, which is the entire system, including arteries and blood vessels. And uh, you know, I, I will often recommend people take a multivitamin because it contains several of these nutrients. But they include things like uh, vitamin E, uh, vitamin C, uh, a bunch of different antioxidant-type compounds that help to preserve the blood vessel integrity. The collagen in the blood vessels uh, require a lot of antioxidant protection to avoid degrading. And there's other nutrients. Carnitine we need, which is an amino acid that is used to move fats into 
the cells where they're burned. So, for example, muscles, a lot of their energy that they require is provided by fats, and fats require carnitine for transport so that into the mitochondria, the little furnaces in our cells that actually uh, generate the energy for us. Uh, there's a number of other things like that uh, that we use. Uh, coenzyme Q10 is another one, and there's a couple of major forms of them. Uh, vitamin K is very important, especially certain forms of vitamin K. Uh, we need uh, magnesium again. Uh, one thing to consider is that we, we all know about taking calcium for bones. Uh, what we are often not told is that there's a lot more than calcium required to build bones. We need calcium and magnesium. We need vitamin D and vitamin K to properly absorb and utilize them. The, the vitamin K is actually used to transport the calcium out of the bloodstream. So absorbing calcium is not the whole story. What happens after you absorb it? How, how do you actually utilize it? And that requires other nutrients. There's at least a dozen nutrients required to build bones, including protein, by the way, because there's collagen as a structural material in our bones as well when they're forming. And so if you're missing anything, uh, you don't have zinc, you don't have silica in the diet, you know, a number of things, phosphorus, that are used to build bone. And if you're missing any of that, then the calcium can kind of linger on in inappropriate places where it contributes to a stiffening of the artery. The artery is not being able to properly dilate and allow the pulse of blood from the heart every time the heart beats so, to so go I into think, the bloodstream. Yeah. I, so I think what, what you're saying is that um, you know merely using calcium alone for bone support, uh, as some studies have indicated may uh, increase the risk for cardiovascular disease, but with the use of these cofactors, uh, it's more likely that the, the calcium will go where it belongs. Uh, but these days, I, I'm personally shying away from high-dose calcium supplementation for osteoporosis. I know the subject is cardiovascular disease, but this is related. Uh, you know, we don't want to be giving people, you know, three, four, five, six uh, tums per day uh, in the vain hope that all that calcium is going to go into their bones because that's just calcium in the least absorbable form, but uh, without cofactors and in such high amounts that there may be some deposition in the wrong places in the arteries. Yeah, and the same thing happens if you're just loading up on vitamin D by itself. Uh, I mean, this kind of harkens back to what's called the, the drug theory of nutrients, which is where researchers are trying to test one nutrient in isolation as if it were a drug that's not in the food supply, that's not in fortified products, that, that you can't, vitamin D you can make from sunlight during parts of the year. So, you know, acting like we're just going to test supplementation of this one nutrient and see what happens and then come out with this pronouncement, oh, it doesn't work or whatever, based on a flawed design because they're not taking into account the original serum levels of vitamin D, if people have adequate levels or not. Do they have the things, once the vitamin D helps you absorb calcium, assuming you have enough calcium to do that, what happens to the calcium? Do you have the vitamin K and the other nutrients to actually utilize it? Or is, are you actually 
stiffening up the arteries by adding a bunch of calcium there that doesn't have anywhere to go. So there's no holistic view of how nutrients work when these researchers are doing these things. You, you, you basically have people who understand drugs as mm -hmm. single compounds that they give in isolation and they want to test it that way, but they're not screening all the relevant variables and they're coming up with these nonsensical pronouncements, whether something works or doesn't work, that's not really based on complex biochemistry. Indeed. And, you know, the, the elephant in the room, of course, is a study that just came out uh, called the Vital Study, which looked at the effects of vitamin D. I believe they used uh, 2,000 international units of vitamin D uh, for approximately five years uh, in a group of patients they found it was not beneficial for the heart. And then uh, they did some subgroup analysis, which is always a little dicey because that's not what the study was designed to uh, elicit. But uh, sometimes uh, conclusions can be drawn from what's called a, you know, a subgroup analysis. When they looked at uh, osteoporosis uh, and risk uh, and fracture rate, uh, they found that that 2,000 IUs of vitamin D over five years made no difference. And the headline, and this is the ultimate snark, from the New York Times, to be expected because the Times is, seems to be an, the arch foe of nutritional supplementation. Study finds another condition that vitamin D pills do not help. So by the intrepid science journalist Gina Colada, who never met a vitamin pill that she liked. <laughs> you know, clearly an example of bias. Uh, but, uh, you know, even worse, uh, what uh, the conclusion that they're drawing is that they're saying that uh, Americans should should not only not test for vitamin D anymore, it's a waste of time, uh, and in addition, people should just not take vitamin D. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, based on a study uh, that, as you say, is, is, is flawed. It's a single nutrient. Uh, levels uh, may not have been optimal for these people because 2,000 international units of vitamin D is not often... The right dose to optimize vitamin D, especially for people with osteoporosis, bone problems, heart problems. We know that people who are obese and have risk of heart disease, they may need, may need more vitamin D. Uh, what they're saying here, I'm, I'm quoting here, there is no justification for measuring 25-hydroxy vitamin D in the general population or treating to a target serum level. So uh, they're pretty happy with the study because it means the insurance companies and Medicare can save a lot of money on vitamin D tests. And uh, they also say that, um, what I'm quoting here from uh, New England Journal of Medicine, uh, adding these findings to previous reports from vital and other trials showing the lack of an effect for preventing numerous conditions suggests that providers should stop screening for 25-hydroxy vitamin D or recommending vitamin D supplements, and people should stop using vitamin D supplements to prevent major diseases or extend life. Whoa. <laughs> what say you? Well, you know, I mean, we know there are vitamin D receptors in immune cells, and the immune system works better when vitamin D is there. You're, you, you have more immune cells. They're stronger when you have the vitamin D attached to them. It actually activates the strength and upgrades the weaponry mm -hmm. of our immune cells. We know there are vitamin D receptors in the prostate gland and in breast tissue, and it has a role in maintaining health there, the cellular health. <laughs> there, uh, 
I mean, there are many other benefits of vitamin D beyond bone and dental health, but they did not control in that study for calcium. They did not target people who were deficient in vitamin D and give them adequate levels by screening their serum levels. They so didn't the, use I vitamin mean, K, they didn't, which would be a sensible uh, add-on to the vitamin D, especially for bone, but also for heart, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the role of vitamin K for heart health uh, when, yeah. we, when we drill down on some of the supplements that you reeled off in the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but see, this is... Uh, just an extraordinary uh, act of journalistic and medical malpractice to urge people not to take vitamin D in the teeth of the worst pandemic we've had in a century, where we know that vitamin D is one of the mainstays of immune response to viruses and respiratory infections. And so I, I, I just, I find it baffling and astonishing that uh, they published this this editorial in the New England Journal of Medicine, as if you know we can we can just shut the door on vitamin D supplementation based on this one study that was very flawed in its methodology. Oh yeah, I mean there's other issues. Uh, vitamin D is needed to maintain adequate blood levels of insulin. There's vitamin D receptors in the pancreas where insulin is made, and supplementation is needed for insulin production. So let's throw that out with it, too. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many things vitamin D does that is being ignored. It has, vitamin D has actually been called a major regulator of blood pressure in the body. And that's, that's been ignored here, too. Indeed. So, uh, okay, well, so we, we know that uh, vitamin D could be uh, part and parcel of a program for cardiovascular prevention. Let's focus on uh, some of the other components that you reeled off uh, earlier. And I guess, you know, uh, naturally vitamin K comes into play here. And there's some very interesting research on uh, vitamin K, especially vitamin K2 for cardiovascular prevention. So what, uh, what, what does the research say? Well, the, the way I like to describe it is there's two major forms of vitamin K. And vitamin K1 is about 90% of the vitamin K we get in our diets. And it's mostly in the liver and producing clotting factors. It promotes normal clotting in the body. Mm -hmm. There's another form called, called vitamin K2, which is found in fermented foods. So it's really a fermented kind of vitamin K. And that represents about 10% of the vitamin K we get. And this is the one that circulates in the bloodstream and up hitchhikers, like a bus picking up passengers, and what are the passengers? Calcium. How do you move calcium out of the bloodstream into the bones and other tissues where it's needed? Using vitamin K2. So this is one of the things that these studies are ignoring, uh, how calcium and vitamin D actually work together with calcium and magnesium and other nutrients. And so uh, the vitamin K2 is really needed for moving calcium out of the bloodstream and keeping arteries flexible. Something interesting I want to point out, the FDA recently changed the labeling laws, and they changed the daily values like RDA-type things that are on supplement and food labels, and they separated vitamin K1 and K2. So when you're looking at the daily value for vitamin K, 
it's going to show only vitamin K1. Hmm. And vitamin K2 is going to be down at the bottom of the label with the stuff that doesn't have daily values. Hmm. So they're not letting us put them th together on the labels anymore under their new labeling scheme because they said clotting is an essential feature of vitamin mm -hmm. K, right. and that's but not moving calcium out of the bloodstream and keeping arteries flexible. They don't even recognize the basic thing that this essential vitamin does. This is how intellectually bankrupt these pronouncements from these scientists doing these studies are. They have no footing in reality. Right. You know, I guess there's no hope uh, to uh, getting uh, proper recognition of the role that these nutrients play uh, from studies in these mainstream journals. I mean, there, there's such inherent bias, and the, the bias is towards your pharmaceutical fixes uh, and remedies rather than uh, using nutraceuticals in a targeted way. Uh, so let's move on to, you know, some of the other constituents. Uh, Protocol for Life Balance has an interesting product, which is called Clinical Cardio 6. And the implication is that it's got six different things that work synergistically uh, for cardiovascular prevention. So can you reel those off? Were you involved in formulating this product? Because you're a product formulator for uh, Now Foods and Protocol for Life Balance. Is this your baby? I, I am, but this was actually done by one of our top uh, nutritionists who is uh, the person who actually researches the studies and writes our claims. Okay. So she's the one who came up with this formula. I have to give you know credit to the right person. I, I'm, in, I'm on the committee, and I do suggest products, and, and some of these products we sell are, are my formulas. But this is not my formula. But you signed uh, off a combination on it. You, you, you heartily endorse it. Yeah, right. Oh, of course, because you know this is someone I respect very much that I work with that uh, is coming up with these formulas based on studies. And you know, trying to give one bottle to give these things that mm -hmm. people could take. Uh, I might suggest taking double the level of the servings that they do to, for really high-level clinical things. I actually take a lot of these things separately in higher doses. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, here's the formula in there. It's one capsule is a serving, and it's suggested to take one or uh, take it twice a day. So you're getting double this. So I'll double it up so you don't have to do the math. Okay. Uh, the vitamin D3 is 2,000 units a day. Uh, that, that's kind of minimal for things like cardiovascular health. Uh, carnitine, Especially, you know, obese individuals, you know, the, the very people who, who might uh, yeah. need more uh, because uh, fat, the adipose tissue sequesters vitamin D. And many of our patients... Uh, who we see for cardiovascular disease, uh, they're overweight, and we test their vitamin D, and it's it's abysmally low. But I guess uh, you know, according to those guidelines, we may not be able to test anymore. You know, or people will have to shell out, <laughs> you know, uh, pay cash on the barrelhead to get their vitamin D tested. That's right. And uh, anyway, on something like vitamin D, people who don't have a gallbladder anymore, people who have fat malabsorption, people who don't go out in the sun and make extra vitamin D. Maybe they're deficient, and this level isn't enough to boost it to normal amounts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have charts of things showing absorption of vitamin D based on serum levels and things. And 
it takes up to 10,000 units of vitamin D to really start moving that needle up quickly. Otherwise, it's a very slow, gradual process that could take months or years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to get an instant result by taking 2,000. That's kind of low in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Now, it's also got, like I said, the 500 milligrams of L-carnitine, which we need to transport fat into cells to turn fat into energy. We all want to turn fat into energy and have appropriate energy in our muscles, including the heart, which, of course, is a muscle. It, it's got hawthorn extract from the leaf and flower, and that's something that actually increases the force of pumping for the heart. It makes mm-hmm. the heart pump stronger and more regular and strengthens the heart. Is it in some uh, ways uh, equivalent to, uh, you know, digitalis and, you know, like a you know, safer, milder form of that? Because that's what uh, foxglove extract is, you know, the foxglove plant, uh, beautiful plant. But it's also the source of uh, digitalis, which uh, uh, can be toxic at high doses. But uh, Hawthorne is, is, I think, a safer alternative that has some of that effect on what's called inotropy, which is the uh, pumping action of the heart, right? Right. And uh, it, it has that effect, but it doesn't have a toxic effect because it acts like a free radical fighter, an antioxidant-type compound which again protects the blood vessels. So the side effect of this, instead of being toxic, is to protect the blood vessel structures themselves and prevent them from cracking and eroding from this constant, every time the heart beats, there, there's a pulse of blood and the blood vessels near the heart have to dilate, they have to expand. If, if you can imagine that you get one of these long balloons that you blow up, when you start blowing it up, you get this bubble in there. It kind of expands. And if you let the air out, it goes back to a thin tube again. That's what happens to the, these blood vessels every time the heart beats. And that's why there's so much stress on these. That's why these are the areas that get damaged. And what happens when they get damaged? Plaque is formed to patch that damage. And then eventually calcium deposits on there and stiffens it up because it Calcium adheres to this sticky plaque that's oxidized cholesterol. So oxidation has a role in all of this in both allowing the collagen in the blood vessels to degrade and forming the, the patch that goes on. If you can imagine on a highway, there's like a, a pothole and they pour some tar in there that hardens. It's, it's cheap and crude and sticky and it's not a permanent fix, but it works for now. You're not going to get your car in there and, and, and break your axle or you know damage your wheel well that's what's happening in the blood vessels you're making this quick patch with plaque that is sticky and, and you end up with calcium sticking to it over time you know that's that's the process for the arteries getting harder instead of maintaining their flexibility so you know having things like the hawthorne extract or another ingredient your grapeseed extract which this is actually a, a specific type of grapeseed. It's called Mega Natural BP, and the BP stands for blood pressure. And it's been shown to uh, lower blood pressure in people with healthy, normal levels of blood pressure to keep it within the normal range but lower it. So 
it, it works uh, better than most grapeseed extracts. The grapeseed extracts all tend to have that property, mm-hmm. but this one is a low molecular weight that is specially soluble and it works at a lower dose. So you don't have to take as much of this particular grapeseed extract to get the benefits on uh, helping to maintain healthy, normal blood pressure levels. Can, and can, can it work being, to uh, reverse uh, oxidized LDL? Because that, it's not uh, it's not that LDL per se, for some people, they have very high LDL, but they don't have cardiovascular disease. But the oxidized LDL, that's the more dangerous kind uh, that has uh, been altered by free radicals. Uh, does grapeseed extract have some effect to counteract that? Yeah, it is a free radical fighter. So mm-hmm. it will work on that, and it will support other things that help it too. I mean, when, when you when we're talking about the antioxidant effect, we're talking about a family of products, not one, a family of compounds. So you know, vitamin C, vitamin E, the grapeseed extract. There's some of the more common ones, but there's also things like hawthorn and coenzyme Q10 mm-hmm. that have similar effects, and and they all work on each other to support each other. They, yeah, it, it's almost like uh, there's an, if, if you can imagine there's an electrical charge moving through a wire and there's a short circuit and the, and the it, it's frying something next to it and what what stops that short circuit and patches it? That's what an antioxidant does. It donates an electron electron. It it puts its thumb in that dike and stops that leak. Hmm. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, it stops these electrical charges from damaging nearby cells. You know, it's very strong protective effect from antioxidants and free radical fighters. Indeed. Okay, good point at which to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. So we've laid the groundwork for our discussion. The product uh, in question uh, is a combination product, Clinical Cardio 6, uh, but there are a whole raft of other uh, products available to you from Protocol for Life Balance, Maker Professional Supplements, and they're available to you at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance to get more information at order. So uh, we'll go to part two. And in part two, you know, a couple other things we want to discuss. Uh, red yeast rice, uh, natokinase. Uh, those are some of the things and perhaps others that can be part of our suite of nutrients to prevent cardiovascular disease. Our guest today is Neil Levin, Senior Nutrition Education Manager and a product formulator for Now Foods and Protocol for Life Balance. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 